0: Right. Learning. learning, leadership, leadership. the Llama Lounge. Yo, welcome back to the Llama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. This is Joe Bogdan, and I have another amazing guest in the lounge with me today, Keith Castile. Keith is an Air Force senior enlisted leader with a very diverse background in leadership with a ton of experience in the development of our force. And also, I got to say, he is a very funny man. I mean, I will tell you, <laughs> hes he legit has me belly laughing at least once a week with his hilarious social Media posts, which I don't know how he's still alive with some of those, but what's
1: up, bro? (laughs) Hey, you just got to keep it real, man. You can't, you can't, I don't believe you should get get hurt by your spouse for keeping it real. So, uh, (laughs) it is what it is, right?
0: You know, uh, I believe the same thing that you believe. I just don't know if we live in that
1: reality, but somehow you've manifested that reality for yourself, bro. (laughs) Hey, it it works, it works in our house, man. You know, uh, I can tell you, man, that was that was times when. I would get frustrated in and, and, and for the audience is uh that that what we're talking about is that my wife she's she's she just can't cook. I mean that's no other that's no way to fluff <laughs> it. She can't cook and, and it caused so many arguments, man. Like mm. like you know, when you're so hungry and then you know it's your the to to <laughs> meal, and yeah. then it's like I've been waiting like three hours for this meal, and this is what I get, and and <laughs> And I just realized, man, like life is short, man. If, if, mm. if this is all I can complain about is some, some burnt bread and some burnt chicken. Right. You know what? Life is not that bad. Right. right so, right. uh, so for me and her, man, that's, that's something that we can laugh about that. We don't let that, uh, and one, one thing I like to say is man, never let the situation mean more than the relationship and, and, mm. and uh, you know, John Maxwell says that. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, we never let the, the situation be more in the relationship. And really that's just a situation that we can overcome and, uh, just how we live. We live our marriage, man. But Hey, that's enough about her, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk, let's talk. Yeah, I know. Right.
0: <laughs> let's divert it over to, to you, man. So what's going on over there in your neck of the woods, man. Anything crazy going on?
1: I man a lot's going on you know yeah. on, the, on the on the professional side the military mm-hmm. side you know wearing wearing that hat man we uh working here in enlisted force development at headquarters air force mm. uh working working at the pentagon man it's uh it's, it's a different it's a different beast man um yeah. you know worked at different levels worked at you know with with different groups of individuals man but this is this is the pinnacle of of getting stuff done you know i know we get things yeah. done different at, at at the tactical operational but man this mm-hmm. is it has opened up my eyes to a lot of things that we're, that we, that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, some things that we have to kind of take a step back and look at how we're doing things yeah. and just see what works and see, and see how we can innovate and be prepared for tomorrow's fight, man. So uh, pretty, pretty great things that's happening. Uh, many things that we're working on. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's coming for, for our Air Force, man, and for our airmen. So um, yeah. definitely definitely love it.
0: Yeah, just talking to you gets me excited because I'll be honest with you and this is just me being transparent when I think of like staff work and some of the stuff, you and I have had conversations before about it a little bit. and, uh, And, you know, I think that what you and your team are doing is showing us that it's not the stuffy thing that we used to think of, you know, when when it comes to that, you know, it it can, it can be fun. You're, you're making an impact and and you still have that camaraderie and fellowship. And I think that's real important, especially with what I would say, the new age leaders, you know, um, elevating into, uh, into positions like that, that we're holding right now and like you're holding. So I think that's awesome. And I
1: really appreciate what you're doing. Man, and I, let me tell you, man, and I can't, I can't go further without talking about the amazing team mm. I work alongside. You know, you're talking about uh, Stefan Blazer, Chiquita mm-hmm. Munoz, uh, Sylvester Lawrence, man, and 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 just, man, just to be able to work alongside people, man, that that this is all we do. We get paid to just mm-hmm. think and breathe development. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's what we, what we do. And you think about staff work, man. It's really not a day of staff work. I mean, you right. know, many people look at, look at working at at, at at that particular place and different places as staff work. Man, it is it mm. is a it is a dream. Five years ago I wrote this down as as a dream job. You know, and, and you know, you have to have filled certain positions to get there yeah. and then but certain things happen. The thing, the, the stars online and working alongside those folks, man, that this is what we get paid to do, that the passion, the love that you have. Yeah, man, it's, it's not a job, man. It yeah. It is an experience every single day. So I'm just excited to just work alongside those 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 individuals. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I found that when you can align your meaning with what you actually get to do every day, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're just hanging out with your friends doing cool stuff. That's true, man. That's (laughs) true. Yeah. So, hey, man, before we get too deep into this development talk, uh, we need to we need to hear your story. And because at the Lama Lounge, we love um, hearing the stories of others because we found that we can glean a lot of wisdom from the experiences of others. So
1: can you tell us, man, how did Keith become the man he is today? Man, oh man, that's a that's a five hour version of that. <laughs> I'm gonna give you kind of the, the bottom line here. I tell you, man, grew up born, raised Lafayette, Louisiana, world world's home of the world's largest crawfish ball, man. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of that, that elevated speech tagline. Yeah. Um, you know, grew up in in in, in a, I would say a home where man, we we didn't really want for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had a mom that worked, had a mom that was that was focused on. on 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 growing us and getting us to be the the men and women you know I have a brother and a sister getting us to be the men and women that we are today but unfortunately man you know we, we grew up in 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 an area in a place where man it was it wasn't easy you know yeah. when i when i look at my life man growing up and well one being born i grew up in a you know, in a kind of a kind of a different type of situation where, you know, mom, you know, she had to make a decision on, hey, you're gonna stay with me or you're gonna go live with your grandmother. Hmm. Uh, you know, at a very, very young age, probably still, still sucking the bottle, man. I went to live with my grandmother because of my mom's uh, situation and uh, was raised by my grandparents for a couple of years, man uh, grandparent, uh, my, my grandmother passed away. Um, matter of fact, I was with her when she passed away. Mm. Uh, I was uh, roughly four or five years old and, you know, and had to had a run to the neighbor to kind of call the, the paramedics and however we did that back then. I don't know if it's through yeah. uh, through bird graph or what, but, <laughs> but, I, but I just remember that her last words to me, man was, um, you know, was just, just, you make me proud. Like, mm. you know, I, you know, it's, it's crazy how I, I remember things from back then, but I forgot so much, but I just, re- but looking at her in our eyes, man, before she passed away, just, just let me know that I'm, I'm destined for something greater. Um, just made me, made me more focused in life, man. Even when I had some tumbles, uh, after she passed, man, went back to live with my mom. But I would tell you, man, grew up in a home where that was, you know, where, like I said, we, we, you know, and I explained this to, to my, actually my mom the other day, you know, I say, you know, mm-hmm. we grew up, you know, you, you are our mom, but at the same time, we grew up around things that we shouldn't have been around. Hmm. The, the experience that we went through growing right. up, like these things, it hurts you, you know what I'm saying? It, it torments you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to live with those things. And I said, the way you love is the way you love, but it's not necessarily the way in which, you know, that normal human beings love. And, and I gave it the analogy of the point that, you know, coming into the Air Force, man, and we see, we see families, we see the certain the certain things we see, the upbringings we see, and, and the people that we surround ourselves by, we we really start to figure out what love is. And I say, you know, yeah. I can honestly look back and say that, that we didn't grow up around a lot of love. Hmm. Um, but, you know, luckily, you know, I, I started to play basketball at a certain point in time in my life. And um, that became like, like my release. That became something that became um, more, more of my, my identity. And so through middle school, high school, play basketball, thought I was going to go somewhere pretty far in basketball. But, uh, but then again, your past catches you, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, make a decision to go try to go play basketball somewhere without, without the foundation, without the support, you kind of end up going back to what uh, the the neighborhood you grew up in. It's kind of those folks, you know, and uh, many people in my neighborhood didn't make it out. Many of us didn't make it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I tell this frequently is that, um, jokingly, I was voted least likely to succeed. So for me, I didn't want to fail. So I came into the Air Force when it was time to make a decision um, by the Air Force. I came in with a chip on my shoulder. And so for me, my upbringing of, you know, growing up in humble beginnings, growing up in a hard, hard knock life, growing up and seeing the things that I've seen, um, having a chip on my shoulder and wanting wanting to be successful, wanting to be in a position where I can I can succeed and break and break that generation curse. That was that was my goal in the Air Force, man. So so everything I do, man, every single day, it starts off with that foundation of how can I how can I make my grandmother proud? man, And then how can I break a generational curse that I've haunted my family for years, for decades, man? And um, I, I feel I'm I feel I'm on, on the right track. I feel like I'm doing OK, man.
0: Yeah, um, yeah you're, definitely doing it. <laughs> you're definitely doing all right, man. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> I, I, but I, but I also, you know, I also don't think success is the rank you have. I, I don't think success mm-hmm. is how much money you have, but I also, I, I think that success is you being able to wake up every day, knowing that you're making a difference in the lives of others, man. And, um, and that, you know, you taking care of yourself too. So, mm-hmm. so my, my, my definition definition of success is not, it's not where I sit is really, it's really the impact of the I'm making. And hopefully, hopefully that, that is something that's, that's overarching and, um, and and everlasting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I definitely think, um, you are, you've made an impact and you continue to do so. And I'm just honored to to be connected with you. And, um, yeah. And I think that you're a hundred percent right with that definition of success. You know, I always say that, you know, everybody got a different white picket fence and what does it look like for you? But, um, I'm always concerned when someone's white picket fence is completely driven off of achievement. Because, um, you know, at some point that train's going to end, you know, and and it gets derailed. But, you know, I think you and I were probably both there before and we figured it out somewhere along the way. Um, And and I'm glad that, you know, that I did uh, because I I was probably worried about that as well. But, you know, something I want to jump on, something you said, a chip on your shoulder. This is something that um, I think happens often, probably more often than than I even know about in the enlisted force, you know, a lot of people come in with a chip on their shoulder trying to prove themselves. And I think that a chip on your shoulder, I was just kind of wondering what your perspective is. I think a chip on your shoulder can do wonders for you in the short term, but keeping that chip on your shoulder, what do you think about that? What do you think the, uh, the, you know, the consequences of that, whether positive or
1: negative in the long term? Oh, that chip was negative, man. Yeah. Yeah, That chip was very negative. And, uh, and just to share this story, man, I remember you know coming to the Air Force playing basketball. My first base was Pope Air Force Base, and uh, my coach, man, um, mm-hmm. he called me on, on a Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a game that weekend. I think it was traveling about three or four hours, and um, and he called me and he got to my answering machine, mm-hmm. and and my answering machine uh, had the the recording of Minister Society. That there's a very vulgar part of Minister Society that I had on my answering machine, <laughs> and. Um, and he heard that right he heard it and we spoke about uh maybe an hour after he heard that recording because i returned his call um and and he he, he ripped my derriere man and he mm. said you know and oh by the way uh you're not traveling with us this weekend mm. and um you know man growing up and seeing some of the things i've seen been through some of the things i've been through and 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 having that chip was an identity of I'm not gonna change me. Mm-hmm. What I realized real early in my career is that that I have to change mm-hmm. because the route and the rate in which I'm I'm living and what I'm doing, I'm gonna I'm gonna still end up in a situation where I'm back home. I can do something wrong, get put in jail, or rise the lives of others by having that chip. And um mm-hmm. and then it became a new chip, man. And the chip yeah. come from being an identity of trying to show who I am I'm from this this time lafayette, man, and we from the boot and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, yeah. and, and and really the identity became, man, I have kids now. Mm-hmm. I have a family. Right. I need to be focused. I need to be educated. I need to be smart. I need to look at the, uh, the identity with my, with my, with my organization, my air force is trying to, trying to instill into me. And if I want to have two feet in, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to, it's going to involve me giving a bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, I think that's where I think some airmen fail is because we, we try to stay so true to who we were mm-hmm. and, we, and we don't, and we're not reminded of the time we went to basic military training and we transformed into who we who we, who we need to be. Mm-hmm. And there's a transition that happens in in, 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 basic military training, but there's also a point to where you can revert back. And I think I reverted right. back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I got just through mentorship and the right guidance, um, in, at my first base, uh, those individuals helped put me on track. And, yeah. and for me, I was, I was in a sense re-blued. And, and back to that foundation of what basic military training put into me, the core values. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I know many people say that and it's kind of a cliche. And then the truth mm-hmm. is, is that I had to start living that. And after, you know, coach, you know, ripped my derriere, uh, th- those core values became very important to me that I had to live, because if not, then I'm going to I'm going to head down a, the wrong path. And so that chip became more of a positive chip of mm-hmm. how can I bring out a better version of me every single day and how can I impact the mission and people around me? Right. Um, that started at the, a, at at the I would say at, at my two and a half year mark at Pope Air Force Base. Mm. Uh, just luckily for the mentorship and the guidance that I had there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's great. You know, that that two and a half year mark that happens because I've, and the reason why I bring that up is because I've met some people that seem like they got that chip on their shoulder and they keep it all the way through their career, all the way to you know, they're even a senior NCO or maybe an FGO, you know, they, they hold on to it because I think that they felt, feel like it serves them because in some ways it may, you know, to motivate short term. But I found that sometimes it starts creating enemies when they're not there like you start creating that enemy, you know, cause of that that challenge, because you need that to be driven. And, um and unfortunately, in my personal opinion, that doesn't really create a great team environment to be able to succeed in that mission. Right. And, um and, and that's, that's a danger. I think of it because I think it, man, there's been times where I use a chip on my shoulder to help motivate me <laughs> to get to where I needed to, but I just think that long-term effectiveness, it could actually be a hindrance.
1: Yeah, you're right. And something yeah. I posted, I think a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, You know, you can have you can have like um, you know your outs or the things that you do to kind of you know re motivate yourself and and Mm kind of get yourself. But some things are unhealthy. Like if you if you if your recharge is drinking, if your recharge is is something unhealthy, Mm and then then, you know it it may not even be unhealthy if you just drink one beer, right? But if you become something where you're drinking twenty and thirty beers, you know it becomes you know. So my point in, in saying that is is that. You know that chip. That chip becomes unhealthy because you're holding on to it, and it's okay to have it for a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. Well, you know what, man? That competitive chip, right? It's okay. Mm -hmm. But then, if that competitive chip drives a culture where everybody around you becomes competitive, Mm -hmm. and now it becomes deceitful. Now it becomes more of a, how can I get ahead? How can I do for me and not the team? Mm-hmm. That becomes unhealthy. So um, so I definitely agree, man. It's 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 that chip has to be something where it, it's short. It's it gets you to where you need to be, but then, you know, kind of conform and kind of get where you need to be for the team.
0: Yeah. And I think it's tough sometimes because you kind of get addicted to the, the, you know, the thing, the positive effects that might come, even if they're short term from holding on that ship that chip you know you're like all right this is this is what's going on oh you you doubt me and then you know i'm, I'm gonna prove myself prove you wrong and then you're like mm-hmm. i know but then i'm like i never doubted you though what are you talking about <laughs> you created that environment yourself you know it's it's, it's very interesting oh, how that happens really- yeah yeah and you know that's the other thing that you talk about well, man I, keep, I
1: think i keep it real well in this form in this form of airman it's probably not cool to say some of the real things you said today you know right
0: right <laughs> yeah i think so too you know and uh like i think that some people feel like whether it's in the military or even outside when you're maturing that they feel like uh keeping it real and evolving can't coexist. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I can't, I'm, I, I'm, okay. if I'm changing, then it doesn't work out. I was like, no, that's you're, you're evolving. You're keeping it real because you're changing and evolving and growing. And, um, yeah, that's something that, that that's, uh, it's great that you, that you figured some of that stuff out early on, because unfortunately I, I, I do see some people kind of dealing with
1: And We're all works in progress, right? Uh, I wouldn't say figure it out. I'd say you know, it, was, it was a bunch of stumbles along the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're tired of getting bruised, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so hey, speaking of that, so so your your career to me has been uh, has been fascinating when I look at some of the stuff you've done. Um, can you walk us through a little bit about your uh, military
1: experience or what what you've uh, what your background is and what, what you've done with, with some of the yeah, yeah. you yeah. So uh, came with the Air Force, man. Two W one bomb loader. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did that for roughly twelve years. Uh, got an opportunity to go to be a professional military educator down at Capone Air Station in Germany. I mm-hmm. uh, did that for four for four years. Uh, got out, to, not got out, but um, uh, moved on over back to my career field at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Did three years there. Uh, got selected for, um, uh, for the Professional of Arms Center of Excellence PACE. Did that for uh, three years. Um, after that job, uh, of course, chief came or within that job, chief came. Uh, the rank of chief, and then uh, mm-hmm. put in for basic military training and was able to become the superintendent for the 326 training squadron. Nice. And then uh, did that and did that for uh, roughly two years and then got selected for uh, uh, chief enlisted uh, force development special projects uh, at, uh, at HALF. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and mixed into that, uh, had some experiences where in my career field, uh, I worked. I worked all the you know the key jobs, the marquee jobs, where I'm am I'm a, I'm a trainer, um, where I was a, a bomb loader trainer, mm-hmm. where I was a, um, a maintenance qualification instructor, where I actually taught you how to how how to fix and repair um, the F-15 aircraft. Uh, got an opportunity to work curriculum development, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in my career field for for a short stint, um, and and just the opportunities within those specific in those jobs that I, I've mentioned. I've had some internal, um, some internal um, development where I was allowed to, you know, work testing and evaluation, work, mm-hmm. all, you know, quality assurance, um, you know, work with curriculum development in, in terms of the professional military education uh, realm, and of course, being this job, you know, being able to to impact uh, multiple areas from, you know, from PME to all development, you know, so. Uh, So it's pretty, 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 pretty vast, you know, something I love. Some people might think it's some nerdy stuff, but, you know, (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. I geek out on this stuff.
0: Yeah. So, really, uh, training, education, and development has been like a big part of your career. Did you? When, when you first kind of dived into that world, was it something that you knew you were fitted for? Was it something that you kind of jumped in and wasn't quite sure? And then you fell in love with it? Like how'd that
1: happen for you? Yeah. So 25 years in, right. So 25 years in 15 of my, of those years was weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, within weapons, I figured out at a certain point that I love training. I love development. Mm-hmm. Right. Going to PME I realized that, man, I love it. However, there's a, there's a, there's a certain method in the air force where you can't stay out too long. You have to go mm-hmm. back the, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and I'm just, man, I'm gonna keep it real with you, man. Um, do the situations and circumstances. This was the only job that was the only job that was available for me to come into the air force. Mm-hmm. I was originally going to be, um, I want to say either four alpha or four n. I was going to get in the four community. Yeah. Um, but two of my friends came in at the same time. So, weapons was the one that was open and I took it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, not a maintenance guy. I don't change. I don't change my own oil, man. (laughs) So, but you know, long story short, I I found the passion within it because it was something that I I had to do. Right. But I realized at a certain point in my career, man, I love development. Mm -hmm. And so I seek the off duty education, um, continuously all the way up to, to a graduate degree and then certifications in certain areas. Uh, I just, I just figured out, man, like this is, you know what that feeling when you, when you, when you do something mm-hmm. or you're a part of something and you know, that, that, that makes you excited.
0: Yeah. It's your calling. Yeah. That's
1: it. That yeah. was it. And so when I realized when I did that, it mm-hmm. gave me, it gave me a high. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I you know, I mean, I don't know what the high is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah. This feeling of man, if I can describe it, this feeling of I'm on top of the world that, that I'm, mm-hmm. that I'm doing something so much bigger than me that is helping so many people. Mm-hmm. And even if it's one person, like I see the light bulb come on, mm-hmm. it gives me this sense of feeling that man, like, like I'm on top of the world. yeah. And, um, and I just, and, and, and such, it's so crazy, man, but I seek that high every day. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I, how can I look at somebody' records, man, and just give them, give them feedback that helps them go from maybe being, you know, down, you know, to a, you know, down and feeling like they want to, they want to get out of the air force or they want to, mm-hmm. they want to do something different or they're just unhappy to the point where I say something and it's like, you know what, light bulb comes on, man, you, you, you know, you showed me something or you, or you showed me a different, a different perspective that, that now is going to become part of my everyday living. And man, I'm mm-hmm. just. you know, 10 days later, they're, they're just excited about what they're doing. So, man, it's just, it's a high, man. It just, just makes me very excited.
0: Yeah. And I kind of alluded to it earlier when I was talking about, you know, when you live, you get to live your meaning and, and it alliance with what you get to do. And I guess I get to do every day. Right. Um, cause it is a blessing that we get to do the things we do. Uh, I, magic really happens. It's not just that you're coming in and having fun. Like there's some type of magic. And I think you kind of described it, that feeling you get. And, um, I remember I was doing a development course one time talking about that meaning and purpose. And I actually had an um, NCO say that, you know, I don't know. Um, if that's that important. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not here to convince you that, is, you know what I mean? That, that you need your meaning and purpose. But, uh, but, but when you get it, you kind of know, you kind of feel it. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that's really um, important. And I think it, it elevates, you might be performing at a nine, but with it, you might perform now at a 10, you know what I mean? Or you might've been performing at a five and a half and now you're up at a seven or eight. Cause you kind of figured out what was going on and it lines that up. So I think that's um, it's just like, it, like like I said, it's kind of like magic happens. And I, I discovered it in my special duty work at the Airman and Family Readiness Center that I wanted to help others grow and I wanted to continue to grow myself to, to help them grow better, right? So I think that that was a big thing and it, it brings a lot of value to my life and of course in the life of others, um, yeah. yeah.
1: Man, you, you hit something that, that made me think and I, and I described that high as helping others, mm-hmm. but I can tell you, man, every encounter I've had with individuals mm-hmm. It's never me pouring, just pouring into them. Right. You know, it's, I, I can, I can recall just, just the other day, man, having a conversation with, with a young, uh, young airman. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to be mentoring this young airman. Yeah. And I'm getting mentored. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I would say this is that I just love the fact that, and, and then, you know, it, it's, it doesn't happen to everybody, but I just love the fact that I'm, I'm built to be able to still continually be a learner. And, mm-hmm and want to learn from others and i think there's a part of, of, of people of individuals where we stop doing that right um but for some reason man i've been trained to to always be a lifelong learner so when when I'm with people, man, I'm studying, I'm, I'm, I'm just always focused on what can I learn, uh, from a perspective of other people, man. And I want, you know, and I don't know if you realize this, man, especially as being the rank we are in organizations, man, we're like the dumbest people in the room. You yeah. Know?
0: Mo- yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, definitely. For sure. <laughs>
1: so, you know, shut up and listen. Like really shut up and listen. Yeah. You know, and I just, I mean, I just love the fact that I don't know if my grandmother, I don't know if it's, if it's my mentors, but, I've just always, I've just always had this thing where I just, I just want to continually learn and mm-hmm. learn and absorb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I just love the fact that, that people continually pour into me, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. I think to have that mindset, there's a certain maturity that, you know, that you have to have this, this, uh, very good balance of humility and confidence you know what I mean? To be able to be like, I don't know everything. I'm willing to learn everything, but also have that self-esteem to be like, yeah, I don't know. it be admitting to people. I don't know. You know what I mean? And, um, I, I, think that that comes with some maturity, some of the experiences, but I love what you talked about, um, that mentor protege slash teacher student relationship. Um, a lot of people probably don't consider it that it's, it's a mutual learning environment. You know what I mean? Whether it's me teaching a protege something or, or mentoring them through a moment and then getting their perspectives, that might be one thing, but also me providing that knowledge and then having to adapt it to their, what, how they will receive it. That's I'm learning through that, that also, and I'm I'm hopefully becoming a better <laughs> teacher slash mentor slash coach. And um, I think a lot of people don't consider that you're also getting a lot of value. So you got to put in the reps you know, you got to put in the reps or that's a, you know, that's a, a skill that is perishable. Oh yes. That's, that's so true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So bro, let's, let's talk a little bit about what you got going on in your position, man. You're doing some amazing things. And I say you, when I say you, I mean you and your entire team, cause I know okay. uh, your team is doing amazing things. I know that's very important to you that we talk about all the things they're doing, but let's uh, let's let the audience know like what what you're allowed to talk about what what we got going on.
1: Yeah, man. So, uh, so coming to the job in the job, eight months now, uh, Mm -hmm. first direction from the boss was we need to build an enlisted force development strategy Mm -hmm. uh, specifically enlisted force. There, there really hasn't been one that's been a force development strategy, but not necessarily an enlisted force Mm -hmm. development strategy. And when you start talking about, you know, the the CSAF's action orders, uh, you start talking about the SIMSAS parties, our DOD parties, our, our, our I mean, just parties as, as an air force, man, you know, and we realize that, man, we, we have at a pivotal moment in our, in our, in our, in, in our existence, man, where, mm-hmm. you know, we, when we talk about this a lot about this peer competition or this near peer, right. and when we start peeling back the onion on some of those things, man, we've realized that some, some of those, those, those actors have caught up with us, right. Or yeah. are, are trying. So, um, mm-hmm. So the way we develop, the way we train today may not be the best um for tomorrow. It may not be the most efficient or effective for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a great job in our in our enlisted professional military education. We do a great job in getting folks to be those technical experts within their their within their career fields. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, the Airman of 2030, the ARM of 2045. Uh, probably needs to look a little differently, um, and so and that was a that was a post that uh, my teammate posted a day that, you know, in order to create the airman of tomorrow, we have to pour into the airman of today, mm-hmm. um, and that's and that's when talking about competition, that's talking about culture, that's talking about development, that's talking about everything, and so uh, in line with our with our with our with our leaders, you know, all the way at the top, um, we we're focused on the enlisted force development strategy, um, mm-hmm. one getting that rolled out. Um, we also focused on, on putting together an action plan that allows us to get after those things. So if we say that the 2030 airmen need A, B, C, and D, uh, we need to provide some some thoughts and some inputs on how to do that and what COA development will be needed, which course of action development will be needed. So we, of course, not sitting behind a desk or a cubicle, uh, you know, we, we have worked with all major leaders in the Air Force and we have pulled together a, an amazing team and you know you're supposed to be on one of those teams until we mm-hmm. sent you somewhere very far. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but we have representation from all the commands from around the force and we we're putting together what we, what we you know passionately call enlisted force development strategy mm-hmm. uh, the right way. Uh, mm-hmm. And so in an action plan. on top of that, we're creating uh, the blueprint because the blueprint is the overall part of that strategy. And the blueprint is, is what's what can I go to? What can an airman look at? What can anyone look at that shows a transparent view from cradle from cradle to grave of, of a life cycle of an airman? What are the, the mm. key essence, the main points, the main topics that an airman need to understand and know the joint force, um, mission command, uh, all the way down to, you know, resiliency and components of the components of uh, our comprehensive fitness, uh, talking about our ARC, our Air Reserve Components, you know, all those things. So that's a blueprint. So that's, you know, kind of a one-stop shop, you know, where you can go to and see this document where it links to other information. Um, mm-hmm. You can see your development as an airman, as a NCO and see all the opportunities within your occupational area, within your experience area, within your, um, you know, within opportunities within professional military education. So that's kind of the big, the big nuggets. Um, we work in developmental special duties. We have, we have a, a, a working group that's kind of focused Focused on getting that across the line and just kind of reforming that uh we also going to start looking at the brown book um it's time for it to to go through the revision Mm -hmm. a revision phase um man i mean i can go on and on about things that we're working man we're working with with all the other chiefs that's in that's in half uh from volunteer education to professional military education to policy to enlisted evaluation reform. So just kind of being good teammates and, and providing the developmental lens to those different projects. So these are all the things we're working, man. I'll tell you, I don't know how how I sleep at night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot of stuff. And I think, um, you know, when, when we hear you saying that airman so-and-so at a base or let's just probably somebody a little bit more seasoned, maybe a staff or a tech at a base that I've seen, um, some of the development things that we got going on, what would you say would be, the difference of what we're, we're about to push out because, you know, I think we've been, we've been around for a while, both of us, so we can kind of see that there's been a lot of products in our career that have been dusted off versions of the previous thing and pushed back out again. But I I know what you're doing and your team's doing putting together. I mean, it's, it's it brings a different level of innovation and modernizing the way we're approaching things. So I was wondering, could you go into some things that are a little bit different than if I asked you like, well, what's the difference with what we'd already been doing? Are you just going to dust it off and put it out there? What would your answer be?
1: So let me, let me give one that would, that would yeah. drive the audience to kind of research a little more yeah. leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have a line of effort team that's work. That's just looking at leadership. You know, we look at the old, you know, industrial models of leadership where we've kind of, you know, evolved and kind of lived in some older models, hierarchy levels of leadership. And you know, what if we we had a team that kind of dove into leadership? Look at all the things that's happening around the world. Look at these different corporations, companies, and and really finding the right the the right definition for what works for for the force, right. but also how do we build a leader? Uh, within those within those parameters. So mm-hmm. maybe the method that we've utilized thus far in, in, in the leadership realm could be totally different how we execute our build leaders of tomorrow. So mm-hmm. there's a team focused just on leadership. There's a team focused on foundational airmen. Yeah. What are the foundational things that's that's needed that's required um to be an airman. I mean many of those things are defined, but how do we how do we transform that for the airmen, the airmen we need, you know, the airmen mm-hmm. of the future. Um, we're talking about readiness, you know, our terms of readiness today is going to be totally different, maybe in 10 years. So uh, there's a team focused on readiness There's a team focused on, on looking at culture. Um, so all those different things. So, so the answer to answer your question is, is that the level of effort and level of research into the lines of effort that we're working, mm-hmm. focused on people, readiness, culture, uh, all those different things. It's is going to drive a new thought process. It's going to drive a new mindset. Yeah. But it's also going to tie into what our leaders ask us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, accelerate change or lose. You know, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Like, it's a reason why that that you know, you know, those action orders are there. Yeah. Um, and, and to be able to complement that with with the with the right mindset and and just a different, I wouldn't say a different approach. But approach that's needed for the airman of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I can I can I hate to overpromise to underdeliver, but I will yeah. say this: um, with the team and with the leadership that we have in our air force, with the leadership that we have, uh, that's that's helping us uh, along the way, that's mentoring us along the way. We will accelerate change. There's no option for mm-hmm. for the latter part of that statement. We will accelerate change. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and that's what really excites me about it because just from what you're talking about and what I've seen already, it's not just dusting it off and and saying, this is, you know, this is our new, it's like blowing it up. If, if if it calls for it, let's blow it up and and make it right. And uh, I think with people like you, your team and and the, and the air force leadership um, at the highest levels, I think, like you said, this is the best time to do that because I, I just, I haven't seen so much change in a positive way. I mean, there's a lot of change that occurs, but right now I'm seeing a lot of positive change that's moving in the right direction with meaning and intentionality. And I'm
1: just super impressed and inspired. Yeah, but it's so important to say, man, and, and and I have to, you know, when when we hear of the changes and we hear the things we're working, you know, people automatically think that something is broke. And let me tell you mm-hmm. something. I, mm-hmm. Our Air Force is not broke. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the most lethal. We're, we're the most ready as we've ever been. Right. But at, but at the same, you know, in the, in the same you know, tone, the same breath, we have to look at the fact that we can't we can't continue doing the things we're doing today because our adversaries are, are continually watching and monitoring how we do things. So our right. force is not broke, but you know, just, just, just as everything we have, we have, uh, we have opportunities for growth. We have opportunities for development. Yeah. And of course they accelerate change or lose Are is, is important for us to understand.
0: Right. And, and, you know, and that's, a, that's a very good point because I think um, unless you study, change, like specifically leading change. Um, a lot of people probably aren't aware that you don't wait till it's broke before you start making changes or it's too late. Yeah. It's, it's too late. It takes leadership and vision to be able to identify what needs to be changed while you're doing great. And that's hard to do because you're like, you know, every wait, we're making money right now. Why are we going to change yeah. anything? It's like, no, actually we need to make a change because around that corner, something's about to go down and we yeah. need to be able to relate that now. And that's super important.
1: And, and that's folks thinking and I, and I hear I hear individuals talking and they're like, yeah, man, man, it means something is broken, something is going wrong. Or yeah. We have to. Oh, man, that's something that people know that we don't know. no. no you're yeah. right. You can't. You can't, you know, the maintenance of a car is a maintenance mm-hmm. of a car. You know, right. by maintaining that car, mm-hmm. it, gets to, it gets you, it gets you, it gets you a longer life cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're trying to, if now when stuff start breaking, now you want to try to get ahead of it, it's, yep. it's you're probably a little bit too late. So, right. so, I love the fact that, man, we we had a great time in our Air Force. where we yeah. have we have amazing leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have amazing leaders that that has vision, mm-hmm. um, and and really has has a passion. You know, has the passion. I'm talking not just leaders at the top. I'm talking leadership, leaders in. in in, in, in different positions, leaders across the match comms, uh, across the wings, man. I just, I see so much powerful synergy in our air force right now. And, and I'll tell you 25 years of, of doing this, man, I, I wake up excited. of um, mm-hmm. the leadership we have in our air force yeah. and what we're getting after, um, yeah. it's, it's, man, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing to hear. It's amazing to see. And it's amazing to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, it, it takes me back to thinking, um, you know, within the engineer career field, we talk about it, you know, reactive, you can't get rid of reactive. Sometimes, you know, it's going to happen. Something happens, you got to react to it. Uh, But you can minimize that by being proactive, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Minimize the reactions by being proactive. And that's, and that's great. But predictive is is best. Mm -hmm. If you can get to a point where you can predict What's going to go down by using the data and the points ahead of time to be able to predict what's going to happen? And we're not going to be 100% right, but if we're right 50% of the time when we're predicting stuff, I think that we're doing pretty well. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah bro. Man, I'm so excited, man. You got me pumped. I got goosebumps now thinking about all the stuff that's going to come down this shoot, man. And like I said, I'm grateful for uh, you, Blaze, uh, Wes, and the entire team, man. Y'all doing some amazing stuff. And, um, and anything I could do to contribute, man, I'm just excited, whether it's just putting this this out and getting the message out to 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 get more people uh, understanding what, what's what's coming down. You know, there, there's a lot of innovation coming down. It's awesome.
1: You know, one thing I love about the team, and I go back to the team, man, is that we have, you know, is you got two chiefs, two seniors, but we have one senior man who. Let me tell you who every single day, man. I'll tell that person, she could be a, she, 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 she needs to be achieved the way she speaks to us, oh, yeah. you know, and keeping us on track, keeping us right, man, because, uh, you know, we, we sometimes have some, some crazy ideas and some crazy concepts and, uh, just to have, you know, CMJ on our team and to keep us grounded, keep us, keep us on track. That's right. the thing, man. Um, it's just great to be part of a wow. part of an amazing team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that dynamic is real important, right? You got to
0: have the the wild ideas, but you got to stay on track or you're just going to have wild ideas. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it yeah, bro. Hey man, I appreciate you telling us about this and I think um, you know, whoever's listening to us if they're not excited there's something wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. And here's the great thing, man. It's not like I said, it's not for people in, in sitting behind a cubicle making up stuff, man. It is it's yeah. airmen across the Air Force mm-hmm. that's working this. And I'm talking yeah. big A, Total Force. Yeah, you know, working this. You know, we will get it right. Period. Yeah. 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 I know you will.
0: Uh what kind of I'm sure people are curious, like what kind of milestone time-wise timelines are we we looking at? Anything coming down sooner than later or is stuff still in the development phase?
1: How we oh, where are we in so roll out man, um uh next week we're doing the we're building the strategy out so that's gonna mm-hmm. take uh next week it's gonna take us into maybe a two-week Um, building out exactly what that will look like. So we're looking at the beginning of June uh, to, to court um, the enlisted force development strategy. Uh, um, We're looking at, at the AFSA, AFSA, uh, at the AFSA conference in Orlando, we're going to unveil the blueprint. Um, Around that same time, we're going to be delivering the action plan that helped that of course that gets after how do we get to the airman of 2030 by pouring to the airman. Now, um, moving into the Brown book that's going to happen around the, the September, October timeframe of, of building a team and actually uh, executing that focus group um, DSD uh, reform is going to happen at the end of the month. So we're going to have a team that's going to look at the entire DSD process and figure out a way to make this make, make you know, inform and our, our, our decision makers on the right, the right mix of what DSD should look like um, the developmental specialty should look like. So, yeah. So, uh, so really, if I give you a time frame, man, um, from from mid July, uh, I'm gonna tell you, man, um, it's going to be back to back to back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. dropping. Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be complementary. It's not gonna be a, 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 a you know like a big hose of things coming down right. where airmen won't be able to to consume or even even right. bite off. It's it's gonna come out in phases to where. Airmen can truly can truly take time and and absorb the information and 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 really, and really be able to incorporate those things daily. So, um, so I'm excited the the pace we're going, but I'm also excited of, of the fact of how we have a great rollout plan over the next um, three to six months.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, I'm excited too, man. So, uh, all, all airmen, stay tuned because a lot of, a lot of great things yeah. are gonna come down in the next quarter to two quarters for sure. Just getting to understand what's happening. So, uh, fantastic, man. I, like I said, I can't thank you enough for what you and your team are doing, man. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, you're welcome, man. And yeah. uh, and I'm gonna tell you, thank you in the early because we're gonna actually use you on some of these things now. Yeah. If you're back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, it'd be an absolute honor. And, you know, uh, I'm here to serve in any way that you can use me, man. I'm, I'm real excited to help. So, but love it. hey, bro. So I can't let you get out of here though, without what we do. We call it the leadership rapid fire, where I'm okay. going to ask you a series of four leadership questions It's however you want to interpret the question, however you want to answer it. Sound good? you. Gotcha. All right. Let's uh, roll. All right. First question. What is your favorite leadership trait and why? man
1: I love uh man uh, you said rapid man I gotta think of rapid so <laughs> man i I love charisma uh, mm. and you said only one about I love charisma uh, mm. but I have to talk about that one for a minute because my boss you know because I I, I I feel like I have a good dose of charisma and also communication mm-hmm. but I learned early from one of my mentors that charisma gets you in the door but being competent is one that that, mm. that gets see the table and yeah. also speaking parts. So yeah. I think the biggest trait though is uh, when I, when I, I, just, I just give you the C's, right? So it's mm-hmm. going to be, going be that charisma. Yes. Getting the door, being able to communicate, but ultimately being competent. And I think mm-hmm. for me, if I were to pick one, man, it would be all those three C's I'm cheating for yeah. a second. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. I noticed how you slipped that man, in. There. It was a hard one, because, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, but I, if I were to pick one, I would say, I would say it would be the middle one communication because uh, communication yeah. gets you there. Yeah. Um, period. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you actually warmed my heart a little bit with the competent thing. Cause that's one of my core values, man. I think it's real important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. All right. Question number two, uh, what is your favorite quote?
1: Man. Uh, and I torture this one all the time, man, but yeah. it's by a guy by the name of, I want to say it's Bill Meissner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily a quote, but he gives a statement. He basically talks about how, um, someone is part as a part of your story, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, someone's a part of your story. So you have someone in your life that, that have that have poured into you, that have done something for you, someone that you remember. Yeah. Uh, but the quote that always stays with me is when I when I interact with people, here's the quote, it says, uh, whose story are you in? Hmm you know, so that's from Bill, Bill Meissman, I want to say it is, and uh, he says that whose story are you in, you know, and, and so when you, when you're talking to people, when you're collaborating, when you're, when you're, you know, doing your business, right. Mm-hmm. When you walk away from that interaction, are you part of that person's story in a positive way or a negative way? And, and, and what he drives in that statement is, is that is that positive effect of being in someone's story where they can write about you later on that you've you've done something to help change their life, yeah, so that's yeah. my quote that's my quote, yeah,
0: yeah, I love it, I love it, man. thank you for sharing that that's fantastic all right, question number three, what is a book that you would recommend to
1: an aspiring leader man I, in a man. I would say, start with why. I mean, that's the Simon sitting. That's the, that's the one that many people say. Um, but I love the book and I go to that one is because until, and know it was written past the point where I found out my why, why was and really, yeah. with, really with that, with that drove, mm-hmm. but until you know what your why is, man, you you're not living the purposeful life in, in, mm-hmm you always going to battle yourself to figure out what is your calling? What is your meaning? And I'll, and I'll throw one out there, man. I'm finishing up this one. I just got this in the mail the other day and it's by, you know who she is, man. This is by Sean, Sean, uh, Barnell. Yeah. Uh, Leadership is about behavior, not titles. And when you really break that one down, man, about traits and about, about your job as a leader in an organization Mm -hmm. and what's what, what that title represents. But ultimately Mm -hmm. it's about your behaviors every day. I was, (sighs) You know, I'm giving you like two answers, but start with no. why really, you know, we all aspire to be something greater than ourselves. I think that's just the way we wired as people. Um, yeah. But uh, those leadership attributes there, man, and, and how she really breaks that down. Um, man, I love I love Courageous Leadership by Todd Simmons. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know I, love Brinkley. I love Anthony Brinkley's books. Um, but uh, I, I can go on on about the books yeah. when I got. Like there are thousands of books, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, yeah, we're actually gonna have Todd on pretty soon too to talk oh, about awesome. some amazing stuff. And and I need to reach, I need to reach out to some of the other folks too. Man, you just reminded me a couple
1: of people I need to hit up. <laughs> so I appreciate that. All yeah, right, I would, I would tell you, uh, and and for me, man, especially I try to work out every morning. So I I I not I read a lot. Mm-hmm. but i also got into the 12 minute there's an app called 12 minute um where it actually brings down all books and just give you kind of the synopsis in 12 minutes so some books okay. you know, are not too much interested in yeah but you heard that some great ideas in it and he, you know and you yeah. can kind of do 12 minute they give you all the key points all the yeah. key things to kind of absorb and it's uh, a yeah. an app called 12 Minute. pretty pretty cool yeah,
0: yeah you know i never for a longest time, I didn't find a lot of value in that, uh, in those like Blinkist and, you know, those type of things. But, but, you know, you realize that, for one, you know, you're going to get some main points and it'll, you know, and if it's really interesting enough, you're going to dig in a little bit more. Exactly. Right. I think that's yeah. important, but then there's other thing. I'll just be hundred percent honest with you, man. There's some books out there that just reiterate the same point, like oh, 300 man. pages long. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I got it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, so if I would've got it the first time and I'm good, then, you know, if I can get that in a
1: couple of minutes, I'm fine, you know? So yeah, yeah it's just good point. Yeah, know, I had a mentor that. Said, man, um, he showed me an article by uh, an article that talked. That uh, was uh, an article where they interviewed Warren Buffett. And Warren mm-hmm. Buffett, they asked him what he reads, and um, and I, I, I swear it's Warren Buffett. Um, yeah. And and it, and he basically said that he reads articles from the '60s, yep. like old magazine articles from like the '60s wow. and. 70s. Yeah. and the things that he get from that because you know there were people thinking of the future in the 60s 70s 80s yeah. that you know ideas you know many ideas don't even get you know they get shelved right you know only a few yeah. of them make it make it past a certain point but uh that was something where it talks about how him and and you know some you know futuristic folks that, that are doing pretty good in the world today. They actually go back and read articles from the past. And I'm like, man, let me go look at some stuff. And I, I've come across a few kind of ideals and thinkings that was like, man, that's pretty amazing. But um, yeah. I, I just want to share that.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I've heard those, t- like, obviously <laughs> we know what Warren Buffett's about, like his, his yeah. big name, but then the other two things I found interesting is I did hear about that thing with the articles. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that he eats a lot of McDonald's, man. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd be loving some McDonald's. I'm like, bro, that can't be healthy. But, but I mean, I guess if you're, if, if you're rich, yeah. <laughs> you do you, right?
1: calories when you're rich man. Zero yeah. Calories. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Zero calories. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. This is the final question. And this is a deep question of the day at the llama lounge. We're all about life learning and leadership. So how do you find your harmony between life learning and leadership?
1: Man, um, stand humble, man. Um, never forget where I came from. Never forget the failures I had in life. Uh, and I, and I, and I, and I talk about failures, man, because, uh, failure, and I didn't say this in the beginning, but failures, uh, the things I failed at is what, uh, it's probably what keeps me, keeps me awake. If there are some things that keep me awake, it will keep Mm -hmm. me awake. And, um, because we always want to go back and we wish we could change certain things, but we understand that those things help shape who you are today. Yeah, man. So, so I would definitely say, man, um, being humble, being aware that, um, that, you know when you come home every day you're you're you know you're keith you know and you're joe you know and yeah and that and that nothing is greater nothing is greater than, than, than the things you do and, and the people you serve mm-hmm. and if you're a faith person the god you serve um mm-hmm. um is you know for me is just is knowing that every day is about purpose and if I'm doing things right based on that purpose and my calling and, and the things I feel to be to be right um, and staying humble, I feel like I'm I'm doing things the right way and I can continue. I can continue shaping the lives of others, but at the same time, you know, helping shape my life to be something um, to be something that I'm going to walk away from, you know, not walk away, but retire. Or, you know, when I lay my head you know down and close my eyes for the last moment of my life and give my last breath. I can say the same thing my grandmother told me and I can say to someone else, you know, my sons, you know, I, I'm proud of you, you know, yeah. keep grinding, you know, so yeah. I would say that's, that's the part that, uh, I think about often.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's awesome, bro. And, uh, I can't even think of anything better to close out the episode with, with that. Cause, uh, that's inspirational. Uh, and, and it gets me to feels and, and I love it, man. And I'm, I'm super grateful that, um, that you
1: and I are friends and we're connected, bro. Yeah, and I know, hey, you know, and I tell you this, man, um I've watched, you know, many of the things you've done. And you know, when I gave you that, that call, that text the first time from yeah. you know on FaceTime or whatever that's called, Facebook Messenger, <laughs> it was based on it wasn't based on what's on your well, it used to be on your sleeve and now on your chest, you know. Yeah. It wasn't uh it wasn't the things people said, you know, it was well, it was the things people said, but it was the reputation, it was the character is how you conduct yourself and then really man the things you're doing with the llama lounge think about this man you you taking your time out of the day, extra time that you could be doing something else you know running 10 more miles or something <laughs> but but you're, but you're finding ways to find other people to pour into your audience and the people that you know is, is coming to you for those nuggets and um and so I said it to say, man, no, thank you for, 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 for being genuine. Thank you for being authentic. I thank you for taking that extra time to continue to pour because we know this is not, this is not easy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and this takes, and it takes time. So, uh, so I appreciate, man, when I think about, the folks I work alongside, and when they breathe and think this every day, I think of people like you who do the same thing, um, just not where we're sitting, right? But doing it in a different form, but touching the lives of of many, you know. And uh, I think that's important, man. That I can, I can really look across the force and see you, see other folks that I can name by name, who are just who are just force multiplies and who care. And I'll say it, man. Uh, who love, who genuinely love our Air Force, who genuinely love the people that they serve. And I think that's amazing. So thank you, man. Man, appreciate that. I know we're gonna have to get
0: get off of here before my eyeballs start getting sweaty, man. <laughs> thank thank <laughs> you for right, that, bro. Yeah. Thank you for that, man. Right. And appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you. And thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in once again. As always, be safe, stay healthy. Llamas out. Peace.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Llama Lounge Podcast. Be sure to visit the homepage for
0: links to products and services related to this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. See you next time.